There are many women praying for a good man, but they are often the same ones who kill that very goodness in their own sons. They are the ones causing irreversible damage to his psyche long before the schools and society nail his coffin shut. Unable to watch the recent horrifying moment of a mother beating her seven-year-old son and threatening to break his face for disrespecting his teacher, I was reminded of how I killed my own son long before he went missing five years ago. Growing up, my son loved me more than life, but I made him fear me worse than death. I screamed in his face, I beat him for making messes, I threatened him for disturbing me, and I dared him to cry when he was hurting. I broke promises to him. I denied him hugs and loving arms. Above all, I broke the trust of my divine purpose as a mother. A past that's haunted me 40 years resurfaced during the national coverage of a mother beating her son in Baltimore, Maryland several years ago. She was hailed Mother of the Year by media encouraging society to believe our son should be beaten into submission because they must be no good. I was outraged by her vicious behavior as many mothers were. Some because they would never humiliate their sons in public in such a degrading way, and others because, like me, have long since lived to regret having violated their precious gifts from God in such a way. Our sons suffer a slow, cruel, yet invisible death when their mother is the first one to call him bad, the first to yell no and stop at him. His spirit is broken when she is the one who tells him he can't do this, shouldn't do that, and better not think of doing anything other than what Massa allows. I have heard young mothers say, he just wants me to hold him, but knowing so, ignores him. Or, he's just acting like a baby, when in fact, he is a baby. I have watched as she screams at him, calls him derogatory names, and slaps him around in public. At home, she shuts him up when he cries and ignores his needs to be held and allows others to punch him around to make him tough. She will scorn him for exploring how things work and applaud him for acting like a clown. When he gets older, she is the first one to take sides against him when he is accused of doing wrong and takes pride in embarrassing and humiliating him to impress his accusers. There is no wonder he turns to the streets with no regard for life, searching for that familiar pain of that invisible death until it finds him. Social networks are riddled with posts of women crying about no good men who ruined their lives and broke their hearts. But how many of those women ever stop to think that we as mothers are the ones who raised these men? Swiss Frankie. You're listening to the Mipathy Podcast in partnership with Three Springs Media, hosted by me, Chao Williams. And me, Nash Rose. Today we have two amazing guests joining me and Cheo. We have Hattress and Tony from the Poetry Podcast. What's up, you guys? Hey, what's what's good? What's good? Thanks for joining us. Thank y'all for having us. Word. Of course. Uh, um, as we just listened, that was the intro of an article called How We Kill Our Sons Long Before We Die in the Streets. Right. And I'm really excited to have you guys on here to talk about it with us, uh, dive into some of the trauma and and just really your reaction to uh, the article. So before, for everybody listening, before uh, we recorded this, everyone read the article. Um, That was me reading the first two minutes of the article uh, because it gives most of the context, I'd say. But if you want to read the full article, it's just, it's it's not that long. Um, But tune in or check it out. We'll post a link after this episode. But reactions, you guys, any 
one. Sheesh. It was heavy. Deep yeah. breath. It was heavy. Big yeah. deep breath. I think it's not spoken enough for sure. That topic alone in itself is uh, it's a real big impact on our community and the way that things run. So Yeah. Right, 100. It is. Um, the thing that stood out the most to me when I was reading the article, it, it's something that we don't think about, specifically in the intro portion, is like women tend to complain a lot about men. Mm-hmm. Right. And who's raising these men? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like, how, it's... Who does it come back to? It's not like these boys are just growing up and being assholes for no reason or right. whatever you want to call them. Or growing up with their fathers. Yeah. Without their mothers. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it sounds like in the article, the woman who wrote it was a single mother. Right. And I don't know if it's the stress of being a single mother or not, but mistreating her children, right. um, not realizing it, being too hard on their sons and that's something that I've witnessed a lot growing up and not really realizing it was wrong because it was so normal right. that we're tougher on our boys or, or 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 people are just in general tough on their children especially within the black community yeah. right right cuz it's like stress trickling down yeah it, it, for me it it was so familiar like when I looked at the article I was like wow like I've seen this like in my neighborhood that I grew up in Washington DC like I would always see boys getting that ass kicked by their parents you know what I mean and it it like I started thinking I was like wow how many times have I seen like little girls getting their ass kicked like that and I can't really remember any you know I, I now being black you boy and girl you're getting your ass yeah, whooped, right facts. but yeah. in terms of like getting stomped like I've seen little boys get stomped out by their like mom you know what I mean yeah. like in front of the whole neighborhood and then everybody be rooting that on you know what I mean right. that type of behavior <clears throat> so for me I don't know, for me, it was a little weird because, like, my family dynamics is slightly different. So, like, the boys had it easier than the girls. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. Right? And I think a lot of that is because the women in my family gave up on men early. And they looked at the boys as the next generation of people to carry the family. So, I got treated very well. Uh, (laughs) I got treated like a king, (laughs) mother. I I was told I was a king from a kid. So, it's like when I... I, I've seen that happen in my neighborhood and the community yeah. I live in, but like that's not a shared experience that right. I could like even identify with. Yeah. So wait, like, so when you Where say you, you were, Where are you I'm from? from Harlem, Harlem, yeah. Harlem. When yeah. you say you were um, taken care of as a as a child, yeah. Now was that like you said you were taught you were a king? Were you like catered to? Did you not have to have responsibility, or were you taught these things? So a little bit of so. I think the toxicity is on two spectrums, right? So, like, when you're super hard on your boys, um, they build that resent- resentment. Yeah. But when you cater to them up until they're 18 and then you say, you're a man now. Yeah. Right? Now go be a man. Yeah, right? when you coddle How them. How the fuck? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. How am I supposed to do that, right? Yeah. So, like, I think it's just a different level of toxicity that they they chose to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Because it's like at 18, I wasn't a man. I didn't know what the fuck I was supposed to do. Because you were coddled too. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I didn't pay bills. I didn't work. I didn't do. That's like the opposite I mean? side. Of, that's literally like the opposite side of the spectrum. Because in one end, you're be, like, some parents are like, you have to be hard because this is how life is hard. Mm-hmm. So deal with it. Right. And the other side is like, well, life is going to be hard. So let me make it easy for you. Because I feel like my my mom for my younger brother Sorry, say if you're listening to this. Sorry, Safi. <laughs> <laughs> she, she coddled him so much. Like he does not know. He's in his 30s now, and he's still mm-hmm. like, "Who's gonna do this for me?" And we're like, "You, right. you do it for you. Right. <laughs> That's how this works." Yeah. But she came from the projects, and she 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 sees how hard the world is. 
she sees that even getting stopped at a traffic light could in, in equal death. Mm-hmm. So now she's like, let me just make it as easy for him as possible. Right. I think what's even harder about this, because I grew up with the single mom syndrome where the pops was not in the household. And, yeah. you know, the, young, the oldest had to step up as soon as he was born, pretty much. But right. I think what's even crazier about it is that we still find ourselves as men trying to defend it. Yeah. Still trying to defend our moms, still trying to defend the situations like, oh, and, and give them their outlets and their excuses. Like, yo, you know, they were on drugs. They were single. What would you do if you had the... I mean, everybody yeah. know that song. What would you preach. do if you saw Oh, we got some notes there. Yeah, right. So I'm, I'm here thinking myself. I'm like, yo, my mom's wasn't that bad. But then I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to talk to my therapist this week because I remember that shit. That was not good. She was pretty bad. So were you the oldest? I was. I'm the oldest of six. So oh, wow. yeah, we pretty deep in the household on both behalves as far as my pops and my moms. I had the, the typical um, or the non-typical. I'm not sure, depending on what demographic Where you grew you up from, in. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that might be typical for some way pick a fence, but I didn't have that. So yeah. um, watching my mom have to take on all of that shit, man, sometimes I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what decisions I would have made as far as our kids and, you know, the yeah. oldest and having to rely on them. Um, but I do think it's fucked up. I do think as far as the expectations of By growing the way, up that fucking fast. Sucks. <laughs> yeah, word. You so just, you, like, kind of became the dad. Of I, kind yeah, of. when you strip from your childhood, I mean, that's how kids have kids. Right. Kids end up having kids because they stripped of a childhood that they never had. And then you got cops, I mean, cops, pardon me. And you have po- um, fathers trying to trying to catch up. Trying yeah. to play catch up with their own lives and their kids' lives, you know? It's yeah. like they want to have fun and enjoy themselves because they were stripped of this, but they also want to be the man and be there for their child and be there for their youth. So it's tough. It's and not knowing balance. really how to do that. How to how, do that. How is your relationship with your dad? Did you have a relationship with him at all? Um, So it's it's pretty non-existent. Yeah. Um, I met my pops at like 17. I was like shooting dice and this guy pulled up in an Impala in a suit like, hey, I'm your pops. And oh, I'm this like, is a movie. Oh, this is a reality this is movie. movie right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you don't do it like this. Don't shoot him. Don't shoot him, guys. He's good. This <laughs> <laughs> is my dad, I think. Right, right. <laughs> I think, right. <laughs> That's what he's Still saying. <laughs> <laughs> Take his word for it. Exactly. <laughs> so you wait. You're from Yonkers. I'm from Y.O. Correct. Yes. Nine one four Westchester. Horrible. Oh. Pl- I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, nothing. Okay. I'm not gonna talk shit about Yonkers. <laughs> Yonkers is great. Uh, what's your background? I am Puerto Rican. I'm Puerto Rican and Italian. Um, but wow, what a yeah. mix. Yeah. Right. What a exactly. Mixture. I had, to, I had to ask, because you can't really tell by your voice. <laughs> He's all a nigga. I'm going to keep this up. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, chill, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Chill, Harlem. This New York is in the building right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's me. You're DC, right? Yeah. You're DC. Scranton. Nobody cares about I know. No. Where's that at? The office. Like, the office. <laughs> exactly. It's in, it's where's in Pennsylvania. That? <laughs> where? oh. He said, where's that <laughs> where's at? Oh, my God. Scranton, Nebraska? Jesus. South Carolina? Scranton's not on the map yet? No. It's not. It's I not. claim Brooklyn now. I've been here for a while. Okay. Oh, I'm still, I'm working on my accent. Yeah. <laughs> hey, cool. No yeah, five more years ago. Five more years. <laughs> um, so, like, you having to step up, Tony, as, like, the oldest, was your was your mom, like, around, or was she just busy because she was a single mother? Taking care of six kids. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, cause so my, I'm asking because my, my mom was a single mom of five, and she had to work the night shift. And, we took care of ourselves at night, and she came home, and she was exhausted, so she slept all day. So it was a lot of us taking care of ourselves. Right. And, and I mean, like, she did her best, but, like, five kids in a night shift. She never got government assistance, so yeah, she had to hustle. Oh, she held uh, it down. I, I was the government assistance, baby. I mean, I was on Section 8, Section 8 my whole life. I've watched my mom. Like, I remember when food stamps was actually paper, like— 
I remember that remember too. Remember dollars? Like yeah. you could exchange it for shit like that. Yeah, so my yeah, mom yeah. kind of taught me all those hustles and stuff like that. Um, and it was a good and there's a bad, you yeah. know? Like you just got to step into a role that doesn't make sense. Because when you're told as a, to be a kid, which is a huge thing in a black home, it's like, mm. yo, act your age, not your shoe size. Be a kid, you a kid. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's like also you got to do adult things as well. Right. It's like yeah, where's the line? Where's yeah. the medium? You know what I mean? Mm. So And it gets all. really confusing. Yes, very much. But especially as a youth when you don't have the perspective. Because like you got have knowledge and all that information, but if you don't have life experience, then how do you apply that? You know right. what I mean? How do you... Yeah. Yeah, right. So, but I mean, you both sound like you had um, very different upbringings. 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 Do you have siblings, Hatchers? Yeah, I'm the baby. Oh so, my uh, God. This oh, is coddled. This makes yeah. sense. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, I had a friend from <laughs> Africa who told me that he had that same experience where he was looked at as the king in his family. Yeah. You well, Africans, I mean? yeah, they have a different, like. Yeah, but it, it was more than that though. So I was the smartest nigga. So it's like they, they knew what they was banking on. You know what I'm saying? He sounds like, like the baby. He sounds like the baby. The now honestly, I'm the joking. last one is usually the wisest. Yeah. Yeah. The last one's usually Frederick Douglass, but yeah. that's a Harlem joke. Yeah. Oh. 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 I mean, he won't take it there. I, mean, I know about that. I disagree. Uh, but a, a, a lot of nights on Douglas. <laughs> as as the middle child, <laughs> I highly disagree. <laughs> nah, truthfully, because I I got to see all the mistakes. Uh, oh. I got to watch them fail. So you got like mm. you mean like you you're, you're wise. Yeah. yeah, I saw everything. And my mother, I'm a Pisces. I'm big in the signs. I'm a Pisces too. Oh my Hi. god, we here. Yo, we hitting it today. We here. My so. man was just an Aries in here. He's a Pisces. What yeah. are you? Well, it's Scorpio season. Yeah. Oh, water oh, oh, signs. Water <laughs> signs. <Water sign. laughs> nah, but my mom's was a Pisces also. So like oh, a lot of water. yeah. So and she was a March Pisces, and she was like. A badass, and so yeah, like March Pisces are different. Yeah, they they gangster. Are you a February? Pisces? Oh no, I'm February Pisces. Me too. <laughs> I'm a February Pisces. What's your birthday? Uh, February twenty fourth. I thought you were gonna say twenty eighth. That's oh, my birthday. That's your birthday? <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Oh, right there. Yeah, oh, right same week. Same right. week. <laughs> so like she she gave me all that emotional intelligence at a young age. Nice. Um, so she let me have feelings. She let me explain them shits. Um, I was the the kid that my family hated because I always had shit to say. That's and important. Yeah, and she wouldn't let them shut me up. So it's like I could, mm. I got to talk in a black family, and like nobody else got to do that. <laughs> oh shit! No, <laughs> that's got to stay. That <laughs> is so important. Nobody else got to do that. You that's know what really mean? important that she let you have your feelings. Yeah. How? How? Okay, I like. Okay, we're gonna work backwards here, right? Gotcha. How did that affect you as an adult having that expression since you can remember? I do too much. Well, you're a poet now, for one. Yeah. <laughs> but like, the, especially as a man, right? Yeah. Like. Just to express your emotions and, and to be comfortable with that can oh. be difficult yeah. in certain settings. Um, so now I'm embracing it. I'm using it. Um, yeah. And I'm teaching my son that same thing. He's a cancer. So it's like. Oh, heavy on the water. Yeah, His son's super a genius. Emotional. Yeah, this kid super is emotional. slow boy. Cancers are like. How old is he? He is 15 months. Okay. Oh, he's a okay. baby. He's already uh, deadlifting. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, he's the you were such. He's kid. such a parent. 15 months. 15 Why months. couldn't you just say like a, a year? year, year. It's, a, it's a difference. It's a difference. Because a year and 15 months is two different babies. Everybody. Oh, how old is your baby? 37 months. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a stretch. I got to do, do math now. <laughs> but nah, like just seeing him grow and seeing him go through his emotions and get over them. Um, in that moment, it's a beautiful thing to witness, and I want to allow him to have that because I had that. Yeah, and right. you benefited from it. Yeah. So this is like Somewhat. the opposite effect. Kind of, right? It's like the opposite effect of what's happening in that article. Right. Which I, like, I love, not love, like, I don't love what's happening, but 
I think she did it. The author did a really good job of pointing out, like, they go through this as children and not realizing the subconscious effect. Mm. They go and become cold-hearted. Right. Who do you think these murderers are? Right. Who do you think these drug dealers are? Yeah. They're not like, oh, I came out the womb wanting to do this. No, it's like a condition. It's it's a reaction. Yeah. It's And she described it as like a subconscious pain that they're now acting out because hurt people hurt people, whether you realize it or not. Right. Just continuing the cycle. So it's interesting that you had the opposite right. experience, and now you're like emotional, and you're doing poetry, and you have a son that you're raising the same way. Well, I'm not that emotional. I'm really a gangster. He's a Pisces. <laughs> he told me Pisces. I'm like, you're an emotional. Like I know Pisces. I know you. <laughs> My dad is a Pisces. I, I'm, I'm gonna keep it aside with you. I'm a super contradiction. Like I, I have all these emotions, but like I could turn them shits off. And it's what's it's, your what's your uh, moon and. Oh Rising. man, you about to do witchcraft? Uh, <laughs> 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 no, I'm trying to understand the term. <laughs> what time were you born? <laughs> what no, what's the what exact time? Okay, <laughs> give me those coordinates. Like Four thirty ish? No, no. <laughs> what's the exact time? Down to the second, please. But I have no idea. No, I was just asking because you say you could turn them off, and I don't mean to be that person. I am that person. I have crystals and I have sage. Okay. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> that's just up. <laughs> I think I think that speaks. I mean. From Hatchers, as far as like his end of it, and then like let's say my end of it, or the, the youth from this this uh this passage that we read, um, of where we are right now in this medium of of uh, society, as far as like going to left or going to right, mm-hmm. like yeah. we can never find this middle ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We went from beating our kids up, physically, verbally abusing them, <laughs> to now it's like no, don't touch them at all. Don't touch them at all. Like it's too fragile. Don't do it. So what if they're shooing up the church? It's okay. Like no. let him express himself how he needs to express yo. himself. Exactly. Like, nah, guns are legal. Crazy, guns are legal. Right? <laughs> it's true. Yo, sad man. No, yeah. that's a really yeah. good point. Yeah, there's no in between. Because I mean, it could have the same effect if you. Like, any, any extreme is bad. Correct. Right. So, if like, you're being too coddled like Hatcher's. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was, though. I was, Shots. honestly. That's not even a joke. Do you feel like, like I gave a... you, like, a king complex? <laughs> not a king complex. It just didn't prepare me for the world. What's one thing that you could think of that you wish you would have been prepared for? Bills. <sighs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> when do they stop? That's like, <laughs> like I, that, was, that was quick. I like that. That was it's real. Like, think about it. I'm so like, he complains about this every day. He was ready. <laughs> this shit. Bills. Like, you know what I mean, like who who asks for this shit? Like I mean, I was chilling playing a game. Yeah. <laughs> I got bills. And then one day, and you have to pay them. <laughs> you have to pay them. Yeah. yeah. And or they you, never stop coming. Yeah. And the every taxes month. come with them every month. Every month. month. Yeah. So I'm like, I hate this shit, bro. I mean, I love saying like, "Yo, turn off my goddamn lights." Who y'all think I sleep with, Con Edison? Like, I love reading <laughs> that line now. So I don't know. Where'd you get that from, your mama? My mom. Yeah. <laughs> Good looking, ma. I see you. I see you. How about you, Cheo? Like, any reaction? Well, one of my first reactions to the article that like that was it, was it was the funny reaction was like that she said that she still didn't say anything to him mm. and mm-hmm. he was like forty five. I was like, when are you gonna say something? <laughs> let him know. That's like that guilt. You, I, I love that <laughs> you, you gonna let him know when he's sixty. I love that you brought that up because that's actually the part of the article that actually brings emotion to me. Like I, it makes me want to cry every time I read it because it's like to. Try to imagine that kind of shame. Yeah. Because you ever, like, I've been through stuff in my life that you, you're forced to kind of repent over and remember and regret, and she can never undo that. Right. And it's that, even knowing that and having that guilt that you can't even look at your son who's now in his 40s and I, and now he went missing, by the yeah. way. Like, he left. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
who knows like how much was tormenting. He might have just needed that though. He might have just yeah. needed her to be real. Like when I was yes, talking to Lisa the, last yes. night, that's what Lisa kept talking about what, in regards to her dad she, or uh, her mom. She was like, if my mom could, when she was real with me, then I was like, it's cool. You know, I, I I didn't fuck with her until that moment where she was just like, I was a bad mom. Yeah. And she was like, now Does it give you like a release? <laughs> Thank you for acknowledging it's that. It's the same you thing are. like on a smaller level in a relationship when mm-hmm. someone like your your partner is not understanding you and they just go, all right, I'm right. You're you're right. I'm fucking up. I got you. Yeah. It gives you that release. Like, oh, okay. But does it? The though? beginning of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I said the beginning of it. Does no, it? I, think I think so. Yeah. You ever like, like if you ever, well, for me, okay, I'll speak for myself. Like you're really frustrated. And when somebody understands where you're coming from or they give you that validation about your concern, for me, it, it definitely is the beginning of something. I would, I would feel like if it's not a pacifying thing, I would think that could be like, all right, all right, all right, just shut the fuck up. No, not like that. But like, like, like this is like you go to someone like, hey, this is really bothering me. Right. And you do this and you do that. And this is how it affects me. And the person goes, you know what? You're right. I think I'm sorry. I think okay. was. All right, so that step is extremely difficult, right? Let's say for that mother in the story in, right. in, in particular. But, like, that's still the silver lining of the cloud. Like right. I said, that's literally still just the beginning. Yeah. Like, all right, now that we've now that we've brought all this and put our cards on the table and yeah. this is truth, like, what do we do about this shit now? Like, yeah. there's action plans Like, I'm still traumatized. Shit. I'm still yeah. hurt. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's... There's so much more to work through. Exactly. And some people can never heal. And that part is not spoken about as far as mental health, especially for men. Like, we talk about, all right, giving stuff a safe space to speak. All right, we got meant to be... Meant, uh, pardon me. Men- <laughs> Men-topy. Men-topy. It's a tongue twister. Yeah, That's we, we got to do that. Now, right, we have this space to to be vulnerable as men, and I right, what's the next step? Yeah, right. you know right. what I mean. Like I, now, we have to be vulnerable. Now we have to take these action steps. Yeah. So yeah. the conversation, having a conversation, is like vital. Yeah, this is the first step. Like sometimes, because I think we spend a lot of time in our in our lives assuming that people just should know. Right. Mm-hmm. Even 100%. even just with race, right. like this whole like, let's take the Black Lives Matter. It's like. Interesting how, like, a lot of black people, we get offended when white people don't understand, but they genuinely don't fucking get it. Mm-hmm. And that frustration comes from, because we're like, you should get this. Yeah. But if they don't, if they got it, maybe they wouldn't be doing it, you know? So it's like, that's what I mean by, like, that assumption. Some of them niggas get it. Yeah, some of them get it, yeah. <laughs> some of it's delivered. And for, the ones, <laughs> and for the ones who don't, it's like, how do you muster up the energy to teach them? Yeah. You feel me? Like, Are we responsible that for that? Right. That's the that. yeah. question. Right. Yeah. That question. I mean, but if you have to be around that person all the time, it almost feels like you you want to have like some of the like, yo, this ain't cool. Yeah. Like, like yeah. somebody needs to tell you guys before you get punched. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also it's affecting you in that moment too. So it's like, I need this to be a comfortable space for me. So it's like, I have to educate you. Right. But it's like, I'm not I'm not taking my time to educate every white yeah. person I'm running to. That's, like, that's I a can't lot do of, it. yeah, that's a lot of work. That's why you, that's why you start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we start the conversation. <laughs> nah, but it's funny, because um, I was, the article made me think about my brother. Um, So I call all of my siblings my brothers and sisters, but he's really my half-brother. Um, from my father's side. Right. And my father passed away 2020 during, like, the pandemic and shit. Damn, oh, I'm trying to, sorry out, to hear that. It's okay. Yeah, but... It's, He's like, it ain't okay. no thing. It's, it's really not. Yeah. Not to say it like that, but um, he... I got to know my brother more in that moment. Right. right. And he has that same experience with his mother because uh, we have different mothers. So right. he looks mm. at me like, yo, 
I'm the golden child. Like he used to come to my house and I had all the snacks and video games and all that. And he's King Hatchers. <laughs> I was right. uh, like I hatchers. still am. Like but... mattress. <laughs> King mattress. But don't sleep don't on sleep. me. <laughs> nah, but like it's it's for real because just to see that hurt in him in talking about his mother. Yeah. And it's like I can't even identify with that. Like my mother is the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. Yeah. So I can't even I'm like, whoa. Yeah. This is a reality for you, and you're my brother. So wow. it's like I felt for that. So yeah. it's like reading that article kind of took me back to that conversation we had in the hotel before my we had to lay my father down, and he was just like, yo, bro, like your mother was everything for me. Wow. And his mother is still alive. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like that's a real hurt. That's a real trauma that, like, the things that she said in that article about different men in the house, blah, 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 right. this, that, and third. Yeah. That's what he told me. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that's That affects crazy. a man. Yeah. yeah. That really affects a man. That oh. affected my father. My father was not, like, my father wasn't a good man. Right. He wasn't. But as I got older, I learned his story about my grandmother, who passed away, rest in peace. Um, she broke his trust when he was younger. Um, from what I understand is like, you know, with choosing men over him or taking a side or just being exposed to the people she yeah. was dating too much. And it, when he grew up, he didn't trust women and he became abusive and that created a whole different cycle. Wow. Yeah. See, that's making me think of like my situation with my mom. Um, my mom was a great mom too. She was there and she like, she suffered from, you know, drugs and depression, but she was uh, a worker. So every day she got up and worked, you know, what, what she did. After that, you know, it was sometimes a question mark, but she made sure there was food and all that on the table. Mm -hmm. So growing up, like, I got um, a little, I would say, rougher treatment than my little brother. And growing up, I used to always tell him, like, nigga, you are good. She got you in a good school, in a good neighborhood. You ain't got white folks. I'm like, nigga, you The baby nigga. gets hanging out with white <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I got you. know you made it. <laughs> in high school. Like, best friend is white. In college, nigga. You know, you so. Me and Brad. <laughs> so when he would come to me with the gangster shit, I'm like, nigga, you're not no gangster. You remember what I, what I had to live through, nigga? Motherfucker like, used to That's break funny. through all windows and shit. Like, <laughs> How young is your brother? He's uh, now 28, 20. No, he's, he just turned 29. Okay. Uh, 29? Yeah. yeah. So the babies do get spoiled, see? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. No, but um, back to what you were saying about your half-brother. Mm -hmm. My, I have a cousin who, I mean, this, this is kind of the same, but a, a little bit different. He, uh, <laughs> he was on Instagram. And obviously he's black. I'm black. Whatever. <laughs> I like to announce no, the obvious. No way. Nah. In case you were wondering. <laughs> not black. <laughs> I don't know why I just randomly say stupid things like that all the time. Um, but he posted on Instagram in a story um, about how he doesn't like black women and he's only dating white women. And he doesn't want to hear any black bitches in his DM talking shit and being racist. Oh. And I was like. I'm in a different place in my life now, so I'm, I'm more understanding. <laughs> Old me, I would have pulled up and fought him. But I, I was like, I just messaged him. I was like, I'm just trying to understand. <laughs> Inquis just Inquisitively. <laughs> I was like, as, as your family who loves you, what, like, what's going on? And, it, it, and, you know, he was like angry, angry, angry. And I understand now when people are angry, they just, it's not about you. They just need to mm -hmm. get it out. So I let him get it out. And right. what that led to was a, a deeper conversation about a resentment towards his mother. Mm. Right. She was so hard on him. She was tough on him. She kicked him out the house all the time. He he felt like he never had a chance to really go to school. She didn't protect him. 
Mm. She, they stayed in the dangerous neighborhood in Newark, New Jersey. When it was really bad. Brick City. And he yeah, put yeah. all that on her. So it's not that he doesn't like black women. Mm. He associates that with the treatment from his mother. And that's what he doesn't like. He loves his mother, but there's a huge resentment that's affecting how he dates. Mm. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not even that he likes white women. He just doesn't want... What now black women represent to him. It's his first relationship. It's his first love. Yeah, your first relationship is with your moms. Yeah. This is what it is. I this get is it. the truth, yo. Yeah. It starts to mold, it starts to mold a, a man's relationships, I, I really believe. And even with you, like, you can't even relate. Like, you're my mom. He's like walking out the room. He's like, I don't get it. I got to go, y'all. <laughs> it hurts. I'm like, yo, honestly, the last pod that we had when they we were talking about crayons and rose art, yeah. and I, I realized, like, damn, I was privileged. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> like, rose art. <laughs> I was like, what is that? Like, you, know, you, know bro, you know rose art, trapper keepers. <laughs> like, what? what are you talking about, bro? <laughs> you know, what your maid brings right. in the room? <laughs> but now to go back to mates. what you were saying though, I, I get it. I still don't respect it. Like it's especially for your cousin, right? Like so okay, trauma came from your mother. Right. Right? We're grown though. Right? So like yeah. you have to do some inner work and be like, okay, this person committed this atrocity or whatever the case to me, but like I'm not, I'm not gonna blame the entire race of people. Yeah, yeah, but it's that, like a subconscious thing. It's a subconscious thing. Yeah, I don't even, think they even notice. Yeah, sometimes. the conversation folded into his mom. Yeah, because I, I have, I'm, I'm pretty good at leading someone into. Yeah. And then most people aren't going to dig after yeah. that. I'm like, what is this nigga talking about? Yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah, I, yeah, you clocked out. I kind of, I, I kind of, like, I guided the conversation so that so we found, or at least that I found where it was coming from. Because I know it's not just you just hate people. So like. To do the inner work, you have to first realize. You gotta understand it. Yeah, that yeah. something's wrong. Well, you don't even realize something's wrong. Well. He, I don't even think that he full after that conversation. I think he does, and I'm gonna check in with him again, <laughs> eventually. But before that conversation, I don't even think he put two and two together, because he didn't come like I don't like black women because my mom did this. No, the conversation went from anger and blah blah blah, and me asking about his cousins and what about the people you love and your mm -hmm. mom, and then it started coming out. Cause I, I'm trying to find it. Cause I'm like, I refuse to believe. Whole therapist. Na but I, <laughs> Nash is also a cop. <laughs> She's the fan. I'm an interrogator. <laughs> this is feds right here. What's the nigga? What's the, what's the guy that always interviews rappers and shit? And they be like, he the feds. Uh, oh, oh, Vlad. Vlad. Vlad is Vlad. Vlad. He's definitely Vlad. Vlad, Vlad over here. Man. Like, I just yeah. sold two eight balls of coke. <laughs> really, bro? <laughs> Why did you do that? I, I, Why would you tell? I kind of agree with Hatches because there's a lot of societal things that are happening or that we have to endure that yeah. we got to pack it up and we got to fix it ourselves. We can't keep passing that shit down to the next generation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yes, there is a starting point of recognizing it and seeing it as an actual trauma and something to fix. Yeah. Right. But it's it's nobody's fault for you to be bleeding on everybody else. You know what I mean? That's like, a bar. It's not, but I still think you, if you don't realize it, like – you, 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 one, you can't relate to it, like you said, so you don't have it. You don't I have that I can, aspect. but I can't. Yeah, so, like, not I mean, to like, my mother, but, like, yeah. my first trauma came from black women. Right. Okay. I could fault black women for that, right? Like, so, like, my mom's died when I was 15, right? Aww. So. You said she was what? My mom's died when I was 15. Oh. So, that's trauma there. Right. Yeah. And I blamed her for, like, a large part of my life until mm -hmm. I had to realize, like, 
It's life. Like, people die. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. But I had a really strange relationship with my sister. And she raised me. She's a Sagittarius gangster. Yeah. All that. Like, that's that tough Sagittarius love. Sagittarius rising. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, me. that tough yeah. love that we read in that article, right. I got that from my sister. So, it's like, I did get it. I just yeah. didn't get it as a child. I got it as a teenager. How old was your sister? My sister is 51 now. So, and I'm... 20 i'm 32 so like it's a big difference yeah she was <laughs> in her 30s when, so, when uh, she like, had to raise did me. your sister's treatment is that what caused the resentment for black women or what was your trauma with black women i don't have any resentment for black women that's but what like, i'm saying you i said can't your understand first it. trauma was with for, uh, black women is the, it the first trauma of like his mom yeah oh that was yeah it? Oh. And, then, oh. and then dealing with my sister and then like getting kicked yeah. out getting locked up because of uh things yeah. like that right so it's like that's coming from a black woman yeah right so it's like I can sit here and be like, I hate all black women because of that. You could, right. but you didn't. Well, why would I? But you, and, and you and that's your question for yourself, right? Yeah. But everybody handles everything different. That's true. Yeah. And yeah, and that's true. where it's like you have to have like, I try to have compassion because I wasn't always, I didn't always know how to think like this. It was right. literally in the last two years I had the most traumatic experience of my life. Literally in 2020 when my engagement ended, it was the worst experience and then, and then of my COVID. life. That this was worse it than was that for me. COVID? It was during COVID. Oh wow! <laughs> it was horrible, right. but it put it put me in such a place of like self reflection, and I mean the worst pain of my life. There's nothing more painful than accountability and realizing mm-hmm. what the fuck you've been doing. Right. And prior to that, I had all these traumas that I was bleeding on other people, and that wasn't their on, on the side of what you're saying. No, that's not their business. It's not their it's not their job to do it. But I didn't realize I was even doing that. Yeah. I didn't realize that I had these traumas that I was associating to every fucking person that was coming in my life. Yeah, but until you I named, sat back. You named it right now though. Like, I right, so you was able to take accountability, right? right. And I right. think sometimes the older generation have these expectations that either one that the younger ones is just gonna absolutely forget or forgive, mm-hmm. or they're the ones that's gonna work through it and completely mm-hmm. like figure it out. And I don't think that's fair. It's I not. I think the older generation, it does take, like, how this woman was. She was able to be accountable, and she was able to write a whole passage on this, and hopefully her son gets to hear it. So I think it takes that, too. It takes, you like, the older generation meeting me halfway to kind of try to break these generational curses. It can't yeah. just be on the youth or the younger no, ones. No, it's not. Yeah. And then we still yeah. consider youth. I mean, I'm 32. We're showing our age now, 32 in November. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, I still haven't grown the fuck up, you know? Yeah. Like, so, like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it takes it takes our parent to be able to be like, oh, okay, I see where you lacking. That's because I did this. Yeah. And that helps us kind of like guide and set the stone like, all right, my mom recognizes this shit. So yeah. like maybe I should pay attention to it also. Why do you think parents take so long to like even step to their kid and do that? Because it, it seems like that's a big thing. Shame. Kid- I think it's guilt. I think it's also societal measures, right? Yeah. Like if every parent on the whole block is like, you're going to call me Mrs. Because that's how it was. Like I couldn't refer to my moms as moms. It was like... It was wow. like miss, you know what I mean? Miss and miss and like, like I was talking to like some older like lady and I was like some fucking like like maid or something yeah. like that. To your mom, miss? Yeah, yeah miss. Like, it's like, a church, my... like someone in church. Yeah, like. right. Yeah. Like I'm talking to the fucking deacon or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. But yeah, so I think it's also society plays on that. It's like every mom was probably going through this for bigger reasons, right? Like I had all the pops being eliminated from the homes, yeah. Yeah. whatever systemic um, racism and colorism was going on during that time. Yeah. All this shit plays a part in that. Yeah. So yeah, I a lot think, of that at that point. Yeah, it's hard as an adult for you be like, 
I'm the only one who's doing the wrong thing. Yeah. yeah. Everyone else is doing the right thing. I'm the one who's fucking up now. Like, who's going to step up and really be that person and say, like, as a mm-hmm. generation, yeah. we need to get better. There's not too many that's going to do that. Yeah. And it's and it's got to be a lot harder when your generation is all, like, complying with that. Because mm-hmm. at that point in time, everybody was just, this was how life was. That's the culture. Right. Yeah. And then it becomes, like, this big burden of, like. And even, like, monetary-wise, like, if you look at the old generation, it was, like, work 40 years for a company. You, you get your yeah. savings. Like, Boy. everything was very, like, docile. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't a lot of, like, nah, this shit don't fucking work for me. And I think that's where this generation is. Yeah. Is everybody standing up like, nah, yo, that works for you. That does not work for me at yeah. all. Yeah, Thank God for the pandemic. Right. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Thank God for the that pandemic. That was his, his opinions or his own. Nah, if you really think about it, like, how many people started businesses during the pandemic? Yeah. Yeah. How many people got like work life balance freedom yeah. from the pandemic? How many people are like like you said, work life balance? Like how many I got people to spend time with my son? Right. How many people like, got locked away money. at home with people that they thought that they loved? And then it ended and then they had to really, really Me. <laughs> <laughs> it sucked. Yeah. But it changed you know? my life. But yeah. it, it opened up, right? Like it yeah. opened up aspects of you that you didn't even know. Yeah. Right? So there's the positive side of that. Then there's also the negative that everybody uh, focused on. But yeah, you're right. There all is, the people that died. Yeah. A lot of people died uh, and which was sad. And which yeah. is sad. Yeah. Which yeah. is totally sad. But I was watching the Cat Williams special today. Uh-oh. I still fuck with him. <laughs> I would love that show. I haven't heard him in a while. I would yeah, love to hear he, he did a show in Houston not too long ago and what he said, he was like, listen, like this pandemic actually allowed us to get in tune with ourselves. Yeah. And we made it out. Yeah. So like we are literally stronger now. Yeah. As I feel stronger. And I was like, wow, that's real. Yeah. Yeah. Some people. Yeah. I think I it's sad that it yeah. always Some. takes something like that, right? Yeah. Like yeah, it's I was about to say for, tragedy. Yeah, man. It always takes tragedy for triumph. That shit is it right, al- it's though. always gonna take I mean, even the story of a diamond. Well the diamond has to go to be a diamond. Pressure. Yeah. yeah. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots. Okay. Pounds and pounds of pressure. Right. And and then and then and then you're stolen by Europeans and then <laughs> yeah, anyway. he always goes back there <laughs> and slavery <laughs> and then it's on some white woman's hands hundred million dollar dollars really, you know? <laughs> and why do we have to explain racism <laughs> what was this episode about <laughs> or you know a black hand <laughs> black lives matter uh, no one uh, one thing she referenced in the article. Was and what inspired the article for her was that I don't know if you guys remember this woman that she was talking about who beat her son mm-hmm. in public for disrespecting his teacher, mm-hmm. and she did get hailed and praised as Mother of the Year for that violent act against her son, that public humiliation, during a time which I thought was interesting that we're not support supporting beating our children anymore. Right. But it seems like it's always okay for black people, especially, to be humiliated and abused in public right. as like. This is how it's supposed to be, or now she's being a good mom. It's like yeah. we're that we're no good. So let's put a let, let's make a display of it. Yeah. Even down to like us getting murdered by the police. Like right. that to me was so interesting on, on so many levels. Like why was that mother of the year material? It was trauma bonding. That's what it was. So a lot of us experienced that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So like we're gonna advocate for it because we feel like we're all right. Yeah. We went through that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Got my ass whooped. Yeah. Trauma bonding. You know what I mean? That's what and it was, was in Baltimore, so, you know, there's that. And that's Word. where you saw everything, right? Oh, you're from D.C., sorry. <laughs> yeah. I went to college in Baltimore, so, yeah. Well, Baltimore's crazy. <laughs> college <laughs> they, they held the most random shit in Baltimore. They're like, good job. <laughs> like, for this? Where Baltimore's <laughs> going through it right now. They got, like, coastal floods and all of that shit. I don't know if you hear what's going on it's right terrible. now. Really? Yeah, they, they real bad right now. They really effed up, especially going into this weekend. They, like evacuating homes and 
Yeah, man, it's a harbor. And then them homes are only worth like five thousand. Right. (laughs) You can go get like ten of them for like two thousand now. So you know, Baltimore is cheap. So we got to stack up there. There's abandoned churches in Baltimore. That's that's how bad it is there. Yeah, but I really do like the point of the trauma bonding. Yeah, I that that makes so much sense. It's even as we're growing up, you ever see like a kid acting out of line? You're like, he needs to get his ass (laughs) whooped. Like that's the solution. I think we all do that too. Yeah, like, like trauma bond is huge because, like, what are we doing right now? We all in this room right now discussing trauma bonding. is fun. Is basically what he's saying. We're having a great time. Cheers. Get with your friends. Uh, <laughs> Don't play that game. Play trauma bonding. <laughs> Don't try to guess the words on the head. Trauma bond. <laughs> What's your pain? <laughs> I think about it a lot. One one of the topics that I'm really passionate about in life is, you know, the urban communities and the trauma that is experienced in these communities and how they're built and and just the the tragedies that are witnessed in young children. And this article felt like what she's talking about and what she did is like we were saying, like that first relationship. It's that first experience that's gonna pretty much set that child on a certain path for the rest of his life, potentially. I mean, there's always room for changing. Right. And it was just really deep to me and for us to really think about, like, who are we dealing with when we're talking to people? We don't know what people went through. We don't know what they were taught or not taught. We don't know what demons they're carrying or for why they're acting the way they're acting. Mm-hmm. And also this cousin, this is before I was understanding and way before I had that conversation with him about white women and black women, he used to come and visit me, like come from Jersey and visit my family. And we found out he was just stealing every fucking thing. Like he even stole my boyfriend's shirt at the time. I didn't even know until like his brother told me. And I was like, you, you're, we were at a baby shower and he stole my other cousin's phone. I was like, what are you doing? I was <laughs> so mad. It's a whole club. Yeah, right. I'm like, we're family. Like we're all in this together. And like I cursed him out and I took him home and I didn't talk to him for a while. But I didn't understand until I went to his house. Like, they didn't even have furniture. Mm. They didn't have anything. They had no food in the fridge. Like, nothing. And I felt so bad that I judged him so hard and never took a moment to think. Like, that doesn't justify what he Mm. did. But to understand, like, this is what his experience was. He's acting out. He's literally acting out his own trauma. Mm. He He never has anything. He's never had anything. So he literally, like, oh, it's a new iPhone. I'm going to fuck that's my cousin's. It's mine now. And he never gave it back either. Yeah. <laughs> we never found it again. Even though stealing iPhones right now is probably not the smartest thing to do. Yeah. But I get it. I know. Yeah, yeah. he probably now. didn't even know that. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I just, I don't know. What do you guys think about, like, that, like, that trickling effect of. Can y'all blame the mom in this situation? You can't blame her. In the sense of you don't know what she went through. It's like a constant, like, yeah, she's just, acting out what she. And then if you look in history, all the fucked up things that were done to our communities. Right, and 400 fucking years of slavery, you would think, like, somebody well, would be messed that. up. <laughs> He's like, right. and slavery. <laughs> <laughs> we're like. You would think somebody would come out slavery. with slavery. Like. <laughs> Can we give him a drum rope? <laughs> slavery. slavery. No, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not. A matter of blame and fault, and then, I don't and then, think. No. And then people don't, like, if you look at the cops and all of these things, like, they never looked into how 
you might have gotten to this point. Like, what's going wrong in your life? Mental illness wasn't. Like, there were years where people were like, yo, that's just a crazy nigga on the bus. And then the cops come in and tackle him down. And you're like, yeah, get the crazy nigga off. You know, so it was just so much acceptance and and so much ignorance going on. And overlooking. Yeah. It's it's, it's not a compassionate world it's funny it's funny y'all talk about it because I, I think about you're a pisces pisces by the way because like you're super empathetic <laughs> um, thank you <laughs> but i was just talking to my girlfriend about like something similar uh, the other night and we were talking about mental health and how mental health has been like policed over a while and we started talking like where do you draw the line though right mm-hmm. so like if someone is out here and he's just a sociopath and just wants to kill people right do they need rehabilitation or do they need prison? Right? Because we say you can't blame people for their mental health. Right. Yeah. Right? But, like, where do you draw the line at? See, I, I'm just a person that doesn't believe jail really does, like, it rehabilitates. I, it's I, not That's not the purpose of it. First of all, we know it's a cash cow for yeah, billionaires. Super cash cow. But, like, to answer your question, I think, I don't think it's or, either or. I think what would really help is if there was rehabilitation and therapy in jail. Yeah. And it's not. You're just right. locking people away. If you have actual psychiatry help and under whatever is it, people who, like some people claim they're crazy so they can go to the psych ward. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're crazy. We got a psych ward in jail for you. Right. Like right. If, they, if they found a way to actually rehabilitate people in jail, which is not the purpose of jail, right. then we could be like, yeah, both, send them to jail. Because they, they, they'll put you in a hole for yeah. years. And, and just, make it a thousand times worse. worse. Yeah. yeah, That just makes you worse. Um, but we, we were talking about all the extreme instances like so if you're just a murderer a mass murderer and you just get kicks out of murdering people right mm-hmm. like at what point is that not a mental illness and you need to be locked away from society you i mean if i feel like if you if you're just loving killing people there is there is such thing as okay maybe it's too late we should have called this <laughs> <laughs> we should have saw the signs <laughs> when he was skinning cats in the yard that's probably <laughs> they say it always start with shit like that too yeah, yeah, yeah like there, there are moments there is there is too late I, I do think there's a certain point where it might be too okay. late you know because you you can go off the deep end yeah. I mean, so if you see him skinning cats at eight, you should probably be like, that's right. probably when you should have been like, it's time yeah. to take you out of here, bro. <laughs> I'm like, Let's no more go basketball, to therapy. <laughs> no more basketball camp for you. Let's talk about this. It's <laughs> funny because I was I was watching. I forget the name of the documentary, Blue Whale, White Whale, something. But he was interviewing um, homeless people, mm-hmm. and there was this guy who was talking about he's homeless now, um, and his life went so in the wrong direction because when he was a child he was molested over and over by his father right and he had no way of expressing that so he took it out on cats he would kill skin and eat cats and grill them and that's what he's that's what he that that was how he got the pain of being molested out because he was too embarrassed to admit it right and then it just took his life down this hill and he's he doesn't even want he doesn't even interact with people he doesn't even like to have sex with women like it's really bad and he prefers to be homeless but that's like that's insane. That's like that's so sad. That that yeah. that's not even crazy to me. I mean, that shit adds up. Yeah, if you really think about it. <laughs> that's crazy. No, it's really. like, like somebody to me, like somebody yeah. fucking with me I've for got, this amount of years. Yeah. I have no outlet, and I think that's what goes if we're talking about this as a mental health versus it being uh, um, an instability in a house home, right? Because yeah. this conversation, if somebody could read it and see this paragraph as like, okay, it's a normal another house who just doesn't have it together. When really it's just a disproportionate disadvantage for like people of color in the mental health system. Yeah. So like yeah, I mean, if I'm 
fucked up for this many years and I don't have any outlets. What else do you anticipate from someone? Like, exactly. Yeah. What, yeah. Even the people who, let's say, I don't know what how far gone is on that spectrum because we don't study mental health enough to even say that there's a level of That's crazy. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Right? Like, like we don't know if there's a level of crazy at this point. So, right. like, even for the people that are not that far gone, it doesn't take a day of therapy. It doesn't take your mother admitting it or your father admitting yeah. it. Like, it takes a whole life journey yeah. to yeah. then, like, fix these problems or not even fix them, just, like, recollect on them, really, more than anything. So yeah. Understand them a little bit more. Exactly, man. Yeah. Like I, I agree with that. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, what you just said is essentially what she's talking about in the article. And it, I like how you're like, people be like, this is just another household, but... The real core of that is it is a mental health. It becomes a mental health issue. Right. And the right. title of the article is how we kill our sons long before they die in the streets. Like that's he's already dead. Yeah. Right. He's already dead. The murderer is already dead inside. Right. You know, he doesn't nobody wants to be a murderer. Right. Even the example of your guy like get kicks out of it. He doesn't get kicks out of it. He's filling a void of pain that hurts. He's 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 healing that pain. It's not that he actually enjoys killing people like i've you like you watch documentaries and and they break down the psyche of murderers and it always goes back to like just just life sucks so i want to make it suck for other people that's not like about the other person or it's a person like just a part of like getting this feeling yeah exactly what that guy was doing to the cats it's like all right, I suffer, you suffer. This is the only thing I can yeah, it's yeah. probably big enough. The only thing he's big enough to skin at the time. I mean, it's what, they, it's what they know too, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what emotion do I know how to express? Because not for nothing, it's like it's not like we're monotone and we're extremely numb, right? Like as a black culture, we're very expressive. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we're either like joyous or like really sad. There's no real mediums for a lot of things. We're either high and low. So it's like, what are you, what are we teaching our kids as far as like what they can express into the world? And right. most of it, I mean, a lot of it, from what I've experienced, has been negative things. So. A lot of negativity. Shame. Shame for me. Life is good. <laughs> <laughs> we all want to be hatches. <laughs> we all want to be hatches. Hatches is having a good day, y'all. I've great definitely day. heard him on another good. Saturday. Yeah. It wasn't like this. <laughs> It's Friday, by the way. Good Friday. Good Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, I feel like it was a good discussion. Um, I do, too. What you learn is what you you end up seeing. I would love to hear and see the son's response to this. I would love to, If he would come back around in some sense, you know. I wonder if it would do anything to see how, like, it's kind of like a cry for, like, forgiveness. Whose response? The The son in the story. The son's story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so he, he just disappeared, and she has She's no never access seen to him, him again. or whatever. Yeah, no. Oh, damn. She yeah. doesn't even know if he's alive or not. I'm telling you, man. Just let him know. But some of the stuff that she mentioned in that article about, like, what happened with him outside of her just treating him bad, like, molestation and right. things like that, yeah. like, right. it's heavy. You know what I'm saying? So Work. it's like. I always think about that because my mom brought men around, but luckily they would, you know, they would good dudes you know they were street guys or whatever ass whoopers and all that they were good as and they didn't touch you they didn't touch me (laughs) yeah you know what i mean and that's not the case for a lot lot of of young boys and a lot of men can't still can't admit that can't verbalize it yeah Yeah. because it's it's a stigma yeah Yeah. you can't and it's humiliating yeah right oh like even on a father and right as they get older it's like you got 15 year old men having sex with teachers 
and it's like cheered. It's like praised. Right. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not even like frowned upon yeah. versus yeah. if it was reversed. But the other way around. Gender, yeah, it would be. Then it's a problem. Yeah, it would be I, Then headlines. it's pedophilia. Exactly. I, I think that gave me so many problems once I grew up because I was that person, like, who liked older women. And, you know, I had a car and an apartment really, really young. So yeah. it wasn't hard. I you look like you had a beard since you yeah. were like 12. <laughs> <laughs> I had facial hair like 14. You know what I mean? So I would pull up at the gas station. I was like six foot two. I, you know, I have facial hair. I was playing basketball. I had my own car. So it would be me just going in. But I, I loved older women, but when I look now, I'm like, damn, that was crazy. Word. Yeah, <clears throat> and that is whether you realize it or not. If you're a teenager and there's a woman in her 20s, that's that still goes in the line of borderline pedophilia. Right. And it was 30s. Right. So. That's that's pedophilia. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's, a, it's definitely a 20 form was of too it. young. I was yeah. like, I don't want no 24 year old. I want a 37 year old. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. And then it's like, what it, as a, I don't know. I, I remember me at 16, 17. Like, I have no conversation for a 30-year-old. Yeah. What the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> there, there was, <laughs> what are we talking about? There was no conversation. God. It was just like there a was sexual no thing? It was a complete sexual thing. Okay. That's in every sad. situation. What it, does a 30-year-old woman want with a teenager? <laughs> and it was exciting. You know what I mean? First off, I didn't It was tell exciting him. for you. What, yeah, I didn't, but what was she getting she out of that? She was grooming him. Yeah, and, 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 and dinner's that. You know yeah. what I mean? My whole thing was to please sad. her. She would call me mm-hmm. two, three one in the morning, I would jump in a car and I would go there, please her, and then go back home. And you, you know don't I mean? even realize you're being abused. I don't. Because That's I thought like, oh my God, like she's it. letting me in this big yeah. house. She's bad. You know what I mean? She got cars, she got money. She She's bad. She's not ugly yeah. or anything. Like, yeah. You know, and at that point, like I didn't like girls my age because I was like, yo, what are you going, like, you I can't even spend a night at your house. Yeah, like, facts. what the fuck? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, then, I, and I think <laughs> you just said something that was huge too, right? Because speaking for me personally, as far as like in my relationships, I get, off on pleasing right and i think when we come from a household where you're you're either looking to have some sort of external validation from your mom like yo Mm. mom look what i did i got a good grade or Mm. look mom look what i did Mm. you continue to look for this pleasure in pleasing others you know versus just in pleasing yourself so that shit's sick yo that's a hundred percent wow also he's a scorpio (laughs) 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 and and it's scorpio season so i'm tapping into something (laughs) it's demon time (laughs) (laughs) no yeah um that's that's that's, how do you do you feel like that um, has it? How do you feel like that's affected you, like modern day with this? Well, because my whole focus when it comes to like intimacy is like pleasing. Yep. So it's like I mean? it's essentially what Tony just said. Got yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. That's why I was like, <laughs> hands yeah. up for that. Cause Slap that's hands. Yeah, I, w- yeah. I wish I wish it was more of a safe space uh, for men to explore their experiences of molestation. Because one thing, and I know this is going to be super unpopular for me to say, is the R. Kelly situation. Everybody's mad at R. Kelly. I don't condone anything that he does. I right. actually I abhor it, right? Right. But we always overlook the fact that he was molested when he was nine. Yeah. For years. Yeah. Right. By what was his sister? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody talks about that. Right. They're like, yeah, he was molested. But then he's a monster because of the, yeah, what he did is bad. I'm not saying he gets a pass, but it's like, can we just talk the about that part? Yeah. yeah. And then the trauma coming from the, the girls, too. Because a lot of them were, like, trying to, you know, they, they had what I had. You know, they yeah. were going to the mall trying to meet R. Kelly. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And not even realizing they're being abused until they realize it or however that works. Exactly. And then I always wonder, like, since he since he was violated so young, does that affect um, how you, like, wanting to be with young women because you didn't have that experience? That's just something that I wonder. Mm, that's a yeah. good question. Because yeah. it's like mm. he, he never got to really develop from that point. And that's even deeper because that's, like, that's Hollywood, right? Yeah. That's yeah. That Hollywood, Hollywood shit right yeah. there. So think about Michael Jackson in the same way. Right. Mm. He was a kid forever. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. And was yeah. a good looking one. 
Word. You know what I mean? Can get it probably any woman he wanted. And the you thing know, with when he was black. The thing right. with trauma. <laughs> black. A lot of so a lot sorry, of times gosh. the thing with <laughs> trauma true. is like when you when you have trauma and depending on how deep it is, you stop developing where that trauma started. Yes. Right. Ooh. Period. Can I snap on that? Word. Like it snaps. Yeah, yeah we gotta yeah. have to bring her on the poetry class. <laughs> that was definitely a part of her poem. Was fifteen <laughs> years. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like this was a great conversation. I'm so happy you guys joined us. Same, same. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. No, I was excited about this Me one. Me too. <laughs> we, we've done a few interviews now. This was this, this is my first yeah. time going somewhere. We didn't have to put. We didn't have to perform a poem, yeah, so we're great. happy right now. I mean, if you got, if you want to do a yeah, poem, yeah, yeah. Do a poem and shit. y'all got one you want to spit. Girl, he always got something to do. And he drunk too, so yeah, take it away. Come on, give us a twenty second one. Just Come a on. reminder: we have Tony and Hatchers from the Poetry Podcast, and yeah. now we're trying to see if they're going to do a poem because <laughs> Hatchers brought it up. <laughs> What's your favorite love stone? Love stone. Love song. Love song. Oh, you know what? My shit would be that Drew Hill drink because I used to listen to it every night before I went to sleep. That uh, in the sleeping in my bed. I don't know if that's a love song, that's not but a love to song. me, not a love song. <laughs> oh, see, she's see, I'm, see how I'm fucked up. You see how fucked up I am. <laughs> He's like sleeping in, in my bed, bed. in my, my head. Thirty-seven year old. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> kick her out on that song. That's, that's the, I'm kicking you out, so. <laughs> oh shit, that was my shit though. I, I have one, but I can never think of them off the top of her head. What's yours? Um. I like All I Need, Met the Man, Mary J. That's a good one. All I, need. I thought you was going to oh. go straight into the poem with it. Oh, I should, right? Shut up. Yeah, go ahead. But well, you got to tell me your favorite love song first, and then I'll do it. Love? What the fuck is that? <laughs> now, let me stop. <laughs> hey, girlfriend. Ooh. Come on. No, of course I love her. Um, probably something from Shanae Aiko. Oh, Shanae Aiko. That's yeah. my girl. Probably something from her. She's all right. You a hater. She a Pisces. <laughs> She's adorable. <laughs> I guess. She is. She is. She's all right. Like, um, all right. Um, this called What's Your Favorite Love Song? Um, thank you, Mempathy and, and uh, Nash and Kale. Chael. 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 Yeah. Don't worry. Kale is my nickname at this point. So. <laughs> yeah, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going with it. Yeah, it. I have for years. It's like I get Chael or Chow or, or Chio. You get Chow? Chow is the one I get the most. That's pretty much it. Because it's spelled like Chow. It's, yeah. 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 C-H-A-O. Chow. Yeah. I think Chow is C-H-O-W, but, you know. That's what that's I think. Chow C-I-A-O. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's how that you spell is another it. One. That's the yeah. Spanish word, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. What's your favorite love song? Because, see, my rendition of love is different. And I wouldn't say that it hurts, but I've orchestrated the strings of my heart to prevent from getting played first. Maybe it's because I've been to more wakes than weddings. And I've yet to have my wedding cake and was able to eat it too. See, the love I've grown to know will throw you a life preserved that's blue. I've seen head above water more than I've seen head over hills. Living life on the edge of a king-size bed. Is that the way that love's supposed to feel? I've learned that low moments create high notes. And even though those falsettos could be false, they could never be false when it comes straight from the heart. I ask, what's your favorite love song? Yeah. Yeah. I, I posted a video, but I didn't get your ball. IG on it. I didn't want to bother you in mid-turn. So Flex it. dropped the let's ball. <laughs> that's fire. <laughs> yes. That was fire. Yes, and that's a fucking dope way to... And that, that's something. That was, and that, that was Tony from. 
Poetry Podcast. It, their podcast is available on all podcast networks or, or streaming apps, however you say that. It comes out every Tuesday? Monday. Every Monday. Monday. I was close. Okay. Tune in, and you can follow them. You want to plug an Instagram or anything? Yeah, you can follow me at I am underscore Hattress. Once again, that's Hattress, like mattress with an H, but please don't sleep with me. Don't sleep with <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, mine's is Stony Tony 914. That's S-T-O-N-Y-T-O-N-Y 914. Shout out to 3. This is 3SM. Shout out to uh, Mempathy. I'm excited to do this with y'all. Swiss Frankie. New episodes are released every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Every single Wednesday. Every single Wednesday. So, so, so. <laughs> I can't say that word. <laughs> Subscribe. Please follow.